and haven't seen them since. What you can do. So, uh, you know, that just happens. Amen. And it says made scriptures are not the way for the You can type that you right there. It's all it glues to just type it. Society in any way, 
as well as the pain and discomfort of the leprosy and the physical problems that gave their physical body, they felt spiritual, separated because uh, of the friendship that was lost, the fellowship that was lost. They were basically someone that could look at themselves as a man without a country or on an island by themselves when they had leprosy. That was a lonely, lonely life path. Nobody desired to have leprosy. So is it any wonder this leper wanted relief from this physical condition? No, it makes sense to me. So in verse number three, it says that Jesus put forth his hand and touched it. Hmm. Well, there's one way we can find healing through the touch of Jesus' hand. In this case, it was a physical hand touch, as I read that. Okay? Now, Jesus can't reach down physically and touch us when we need a healing in 2021. He's no longer physically on this earth. Amen? That's what I appreciate about him sending the Holy Spirit back to earth when he left. You know why? I can't afford every time I get sick or need healing to fly to Jerusalem where Jesus would reside if he was still on earth just to get a touch. And with the billions of people there is in the world, he probably couldn't even walk around because of the crowds that we probably couldn't get to him anyway. It's a good thing. God's smarter than me and you. Amen. While Jesus was on earth, he was restricted by the flesh as far as where he could go, who he could touch, or what he could do. We even read of one scripture where a lady did you would seemingly in the crowd snuck up behind him and touched the hem of his garment. You know the story. We're not going to all the healings, but you know the story. Jesus stopped. Huh, somebody touched me. His disciples were all around him. He said, what do you mean somebody touched you? Man, they're elbowing and they're knocking us down. We can hardly move. It's, I've been in crowds like that. Amen? Rob referred to when we went to Washington, D.C. to stand in the gap with the promise keepers. And there was probably two million people there. And again, it was <laughs> just to get around on the Mall of America. Or not the Mall of America, but what they call the mall in Washington, D.C. All right? Mall of America, that's in Wisconsin, isn't it? Yeah, it's not getting all my malls together. You know how much time I spend in the mall. All right. Nonetheless, here we have uh, Jesus' hand reaching out and saying, you know what? I'm going to take care of this guy. My heart goes out to you. Amen. I don't know about you, and it's been a tough year for me as a pastor, because I know people in the hospital are sick, and guess what? I can't go in. They only allow one or two visitors, and I have to call and make sure I'm not stepping on somebody else's toes that wants to go visit that person before I even make arrangements to go visit with them and have prayer with them. Now, I understand I can do it over the phone, but I can't touch them over the phone with my hand. Amen. So I, when I like to pray for somebody that wants healing, I like to lay my hand on their shoulder, or I like to hang on their head, or, or just touch them somewhere physically while I'm praying. Amen? That's just kind of the way I am, because I know Jesus would do it that way. If he had opportunity to put his hand on me and pray, he would. 
I would like to do the same thing. Amen. Not always something I can do because my arms aren't 10 miles long. I can't reach Westchester from my house. So I have to sometimes do it by telephone. Amen? But Jesus um, took, if you would, here uh, a chance on contradicting leprosy himself. If it's a contagious disease and he laid his hand on someone with it, What's to say he didn't pull his hand back in a leprosy condition? It's contagious. He took a chance, didn't he? Notice, again, he didn't wash his hands. He didn't put on gloves. Fine, nice gloves he put on before you go to the salad bar. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And he didn't even have hand sanitizer. He touched him saying, I will. I'm going to do it. You're in my control, and I'm taking charge of this situation. You can notice there that in verse number three, when he said, I will, there's a colon behind that. Don't you what that means. It means, and add to that, be thou clean. So here is Jesus talking to this man. It's hard for me to think that Jesus was only interested in this man's physical condition. As bad as it was, and as much as he wanted to take care of that, that was not his only interest in touching this man. I believe Jesus saw something more in this person that compelled him to take the actions that he did and heal him of that leprosy. Amen? Now since there's no name given to this guy, you know who he was? wasn't introduced to us. We don't know what his name was. We don't know where he came from. We don't know how he met Jesus. We don't know anything much more than that about this person. But since his name's not given and he desired that healing, we don't know if he had any further impact on anyone else's life in the history of what we know of Scripture. But we do know this much, that Jesus knew in his earthly ministry, he wanted people around him that he could count on from time to time. In this case, we're going to see how Jesus used him this time. Amen? I never uh, read anywhere after this particular touch, and he was released by the priest. Of course, that's in verse number four. I didn't read it, but Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. And why? For testimony. But we don't read anywhere in the scriptures after that that he ever came back and followed Jesus around that portion of the country that where Jesus lived and uh, never did anything to say where Jesus said, oh, good to see you again, brother. How things go when you went and talked to the priest? I don't read anything about that. Don't know anything about that. Don't even know if he made it to the priest or not. Amen? So we know that those, well, the, the, uh, if you would, the society's way of accepting someone that had leprosy back into society. If the priest proclaimed him clean, of course, that even goes back to for the New Testament teaching, God gave that teaching to Moses. Amen? And they were responsible 
to look at it, see if the hair is white or if there's pus and you know, all that. That's for another message. But nonetheless, the priest was the one that could declare him clean. Even though Jesus touched him and said, be clean. Amen? So, uh, you, you, I don't remember him coming back to Jesus and saying, hey, you remember me? I'm the one that you touched when you came, when you came off the Sermon of the Mount. You're very, oh, that was an excellent message. I'm sorry I missed it. But I heard everybody else talking about it. I know it was great. Those Beatitudes and all those attitudes. Man, you know a fruit bites tree, right? No, you know a tree bites fruit. All right. Nonetheless, all those teachings that he had on the Sermon of the Mount, right? So I don't know if we ever came back and said anything to Jesus. Amen? Uh, you touched me that day on the sermon, after the Sermon of the Mount. I want you to know I appreciate it. Amen? That's one thing Jesus had against the ten lepers that he did heal. Remember that story? There was ten of them. He touched on ten and said, all right, you're all clean, go, go show the priest. One of them turned around and said, thank you. The only comment was, where's the other one? Hmm. Well, you don't know. You never know how somebody's going to react to what they receive from God. So, um, Jesus told you, don't tell anybody. Don't tell no man what's going on here. Why would he do that? Number one, I think Jesus could be uh, expected, if you would, in a greater light if people didn't know that he had touched the leper. Now, Jesus found out that he could reach out and touch that leper. They want a social distance to stand from him in a hurry. So if he touched him and got leper, see? I better stay away from that guy. But he's the next one that's going to have leprosy. I don't know what he was thinking. Amen. Because uh, if he got it, then he would have been the one that's not clean. Could be he didn't want him to be distracted from the mission that he gave him. And what was it? Go testify to the priest. Don't get distracted. Don't stop and tell everybody else about it. Don't go down to the deli and order a sandwich and a coat. And sit there and while you're eating it, tell the whole people, all the people in the restaurant what God's done for you. I don't know what it was. Could be that he wanted him to follow, uh, if you would, society's protocol and not forget where he came from. See, I think sometimes a lot of people have a tendency to have God move in their lives and they forget where they came from. Amen. And they lose compassion for other people that were in the, if you would, the same mess they were in before Christ. So he wanted him to get straight as far as why Jesus said unto him what he did uh, to the cleanse leopard, we can only speculate. But the bottom line is, he was evil. That's cool. That's what it's all about. In today's society, Jesus would, according to some, have said, Go to the doctor. You need to find a specialist. You need to have some drug tests run. You need to check for the antibodies and see that you're immune from this leprosy. Now get a vaccination. Wear a mask. Uh, check your oxygen levels. Get an EKG. Be sure to take some insurance cards with you. So they're going to sock it to you. Amen? That'd be 
Jesus in 2021, wouldn't it? But no, Jesus said, I will. Touched him and told him to get back to normal. Amen? Jesus just plain healed. Amen? Notice this was after his sermon, and Jesus was moving on to his next step in life. If it was, it is very possible that the man that was healed didn't even get to hear that sermon, but just gave that the, the thoughts that he had from the listening multitude. Next thing we find in chapter 8 is Jesus coming to Capernaum. Find that in verse 5. Now that's a city on the, uh, the coast of the Sea of Galilee. So you know where that's at in your mind if you remember the map you studied of that particular area. And the centurion comes to him asking for healing, but not for himself. Hmm. I told you chapter 8 all about, if you would, healing that Jesus did. Amen. It was for his servant. Oh, isn't that something? I appreciate, and I know it happens often, that somebody is struggling with their health and does need a touch from God, and a family member, a friend, or somebody will come forth and anoint me for them. Amen. I think God honors that. Amen. And I know there's times when there are people that are in a distance or another place uh, that need a touch. And I can't do that for anyone. But you know what I've done in a lot of cases? I've taken out, and boy, have I lost a lot of them, a handkerchief. And we'll anoint that handkerchief. We'll pray over that handkerchief. Give it to a family member to take to the person that's going into surgery or going through a struggle, and that handkerchief has been a comfort to them. Well, the, the, in the book of Acts, the apostles did that. Amen. They anointed things and said, Give it to them. Amen. I can't be there. This will have to serve, if you would, to let them know we're praying people and we're praying for them. Amen. That's good, isn't it? Well, God is, is a way of working things out. Well, we find here in this servant, he's got some serious issues also. He had palsy. Now, I have no idea what palsy is. Don't know if I've been to the hospital and went by a room of a screaming patient that was in there suffering with palsy. I don't even know what it's called, why it's called that, or what, how it affects us. I don't know that much about it. Uh, I know I've looked it up and studied it, and, it's, and there's different issues and different applications to the word palsy. But I'll tell you this, they're very sick. Very sick. Amen. And the scripture says that he can't even get out of bed if he would. Because he is described as grievously tormented. That's bad. You know, sometimes I wake up my shoulders. I around in the sun a little bit. Get the blood flow a little bit. That's okay. That's not grievously tormented. Amen. And sometimes I stub my toe. It hurts. That's not grievously Grievously tormented is when it's angry. It's just something we can horribly bear. Amen? It's something we need assistance with. To me, that says he was in constant pain. No relief in 
And you're probably not going to be accepted by the people and liked by the public if they see you come to my house. I'm a Gentile. I've got some things going on. And verse 9 and 10, he tells him what his excuses are for why Jesus shouldn't come to his house. Uh, first of all, he confessed, I'm not worthy. I'm not calling on your help for my help. For my I'm not worthy that you come to my house. But I do have faith that at your word, the healing will happen. Of course, he was a Gentile. He had to answer to other people as to who came to his house. And he had to answer to his servants, why are you inviting Jesus for that one servant? When I was sick, we didn't invite him. That would be a problem. Amen? Uh, I would say this guy probably was not what we would call church going of God. Nonetheless, according to verse 10, Jesus marveled and declared to those around him, I have not found so great a faith. No. But to a Jew, 
That's very important. I'm just glad in the New Testament Paul tells us, and that heritage stuff, throw it away. That, that's no good. I preached to Mr. Jordan that one time. It ain't who your daddy is on this earth. It's who your daddy is in your spirit. Amen? That's what happens. Amen. So here we go. And this review uh, was on the them. And just because you come to church doesn't put you on the front row of God. There's a life of faith that must be lived to get God's attention. Let me say this right here, right now. If you're sick or even have health issues, that is not a sign or it is not any kind of indicator on the amount of faith that you have. It happens. We get sick. I've been sick. Anybody here never been sick? No, I don't know. Because I, so. I can kind of look around the congregation and remember when you called me for prayer because you was sick. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Some sickness, he didn't even be inherited. Did you know that? When you go to the doctor's office, when do they give you seven pages on a clipboard to fill out? <laughs> one of the worst things you'll ever go through is fill out all those forms. Well, one of them is when you're in church because they want to make sure they get paid. But they want to know, how's your daddy die? How's your mommy die? Did they have sugar? Did they have good, 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 Page after page after some of the things that could be working in your life, you inherit. Amen. I think I just inherited students. I'm just trying to get over that. Amen. But all the things we're trying to do to make sure that we're right with God and all the things that happen to us as we're walking the road of life, sometimes... Things happen. You get sick. Not every day is going to be a perfect day for everybody, and all the flowers are going to bloom, and all the sun's going to shine, and all the clouds are going to smile on you. It just doesn't happen that way. Amen. So some sicknesses could be something you inherited from your parents. You know, I've even heard recently that they test some women now whose parents had a certain kind of cancer to see if they have that gene so they can go in and remove body parts that that cancer would attack to keep them from getting cancer. And they don't even have the slower. They just have the gene. Huh. Isn't that something? Yeah. Oh, well. But that's the way it is. Sometimes you can inherit. Sometimes you're sick because you made bad choices. You, know, you can only eat so much ice cream. Yeah. 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 Too much sugar's not good for you. Yeah. And then there are some sicknesses in the scripture. The Bible says it's for the glory of God. Huh. I don't know about that stuff. Now, I do know, I have met a few people, thank goodness, not very many of them, that just love to be sick. Because they like the attention. We call them hypochondriacs. They are people that just love the doctor. Oh, i got to go to the doctor this week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they got doctors scheduled for everything. They want to know, doctor, tell me what's wrong with me. And they think you'll give them a magic prescription. Now you're better. Now they'll worry about something else and be right back there wanting to be sick again. Amen. I know people that even when they are sick, they won't let you know. So I know from both ends of the spectrum. Some love to be sick, and some of them even are sick. Don't want you to know about it. They won't tell you. Amen. They 
I don't know nobody know what I'm not. When I can't get out of bed or I'm, you know, dragging myself to the bathroom every three minutes, if there's something going on, I need some attention about that. I don't need any extra attention. Not for sickness, that's for sure. Amen? I don't want that kind of attention. Sickness and healing are as individual as your salvation. God knows what's best for every individual. Amen? I even say it this way sometimes. Amen? Listen to me. There's two kinds of Christians. What are they? Those that are humble and those that are totally humble. Mark it down. Amen. You're a Christian very long. Your head starts swelling. God knows how to take that in and bust your bubble. Amen. He can put you on your back in the New York Summit. Amen. He knows what he's doing. And I'm not saying every time someone gets sick. It's because they got too much pride and God's got to teach them. Like I'm not saying that at all. But God's the one that calls the shots. But your sickness and everything about you is individual with God. Sometimes he just wants us to slow down in our lives. Amen? He wants us to make sure we touch all the bases he wants us to touch. So that he can get us in a place where we can grow our faith in him. Amen? When's your faith the strongest? When everything's going great, everything's wonderful, and everything's puppies and flowers? No. When you're going through struggles, that's when you've got to dig down and say, Lord, increase my faith. Amen? That's what it's all about. Faith, to me, is a situation where the key to it is being balanced in what you do for God. Amen? So faith not only is something that heals, but it is something that keeps us when we are in good shape. As for this centurion service, servant, the scripture says, Jesus' word was secure. Now remember the leper, he was cured by the touch. Now we've got a servant that's healed by the word. Just the spoken word of Christ takes care of the situation. Jesus told him, it's done. Why? Because of the faith of the centurion. Yeah, it wasn't because of the faith of the servant. He doesn't even know that probably he doesn't even know that his healing's on his way. Guess what? The scripture says he asked what time he got healed. Oh, it was about the third yesterday. Ah, that's when Jesus said he's going to be healed. Huh? He turned right around just on what Jesus said. Isn't that something? Well, there you go. Amen. I even know preachers that died. Prematurely, I believe, because they taught, they healing so much, they refused to go to a doctor. Man, I don't want to have two things. He got infected. If he had pulled that tooth, or let me knock it out one of the two, <laughs> he probably would have lived. Why did they not? Because he wanted to prove a point how spiritual, how faithful is he, how much faith he has. He died of the infection he had access to. The infection took over his body and half gone. That don't prove nothing to nobody. Amen. Sometimes you just got to humble yourself and say, God, it hurts right there. Do something about it. Amen. 
I don't have to worry about that because I'm having a kingdom. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> hey, I got healing in advance. Doctor, 
got checked out. The doctor had to, well, let's just take another one more look before we cut him wide open. And they looked and couldn't find anything. Wonder where it went. Hmm. Yes, he swallowed it. Now, other end it went. I don't know. The ministry of healing did not stop with Jesus. Amen? The disciples were healers throughout the book of Acts. Wherever they went, declaring the kingdom of God. Actually, in, in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. I don't know if I gave that to you guys. Okay, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 9, talks about the gift of healing. How about that? Same thing in verse number 3. It's the gift of healing that uh, the Holy Spirit tells us. But the reality of it all is in verse number 7. The prerequisite to all the spiritual gifts is that they're to profit the law. Amen? If I have a gift, it's for everyone to profit. Around that Amen. That's why I sing and blesses all of these. Amen. That's how it works. The gift of healing is not for bragging rights. You know how many people I hear about the preacher say? I'm keeping record how many people I pray for to get healed. I would be embarrassed to even say it, and I would be careful not to walk outside when the clouds are black and afraid I could get my life. That's a terrible way to acknowledge the gift you have from God is by the numbers that you can say, uh-huh, I got him. Uh-huh. Well, that's not how you tell how spiritual someone is. The gift of healing, of healing is not so you can go on television and say, send us $50. We'll pray for you and you'll be healed. That's not the gift of healing. That's not what God sends it for. Amen. That's not what it's all about. But I believe that healing is the children's bread, according to the scripture. It's God's way of having an impact in your life. Based on his will and based on your faith. When those two collide, God can work great things in an individual's Every Christian should be able to muster up enough faith to pray not only for their own healing, but for anyone else they know that's struggling or has an issue that needs God to intervene. Amen? So pray for yourself, pray for others. Now there's two emotions that drive people to pray. One of them is love, and one of them is faith. Without those two emotions, you probably won't consider praying for anyone else. When a child is sick, who prays the hardest? It's the parents. And when your your healing comes, who faith is most improved? Is it the parents or the child's? We'll have to just let God answer that, of course. Turn with me, and I'll close it out here in James, the fifth chapter, because we refer to this one quite often. We, we refer to James, the fifth chapter, a lot when we ask someone about being sick or whatever. James, 
fifth chapter, verse 13 says, Any among you afflicted, let him pray. Is any married? Let him sing. That's why I sing a lot. Amen. <laughs> verse 14. Is any sick among you? What are you supposed to do? Let him call for the elders of the church and do that and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. That's why I carry it. Amen. You need it? I got it. Amen. Verse number 15. The prayer of faith. Underline the word of faith. Because that's the key to that. Shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And add to that, and if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that you may be healed. Special perfect prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amen. Catch that? You see the importance of your faith growing? It's important. I don't know who's going to be sick tomorrow. But I want to make sure my faith is strong enough to reach my heavenly Father on their behalf when they do get sick. Amen? I don't know. I don't know who needs prayer today. But I know one thing. If you call on the elders, you better have walked the life that calls for you to call on those elders. So he said, confess your faults. You know what that word faults means? That's another word for sin. Confess your sins. Now, we know what our sins are. We just don't know what our faults are. That's just a glossed over word sometimes that, that we use for that. But I, I think uh, we need more prayer and more singing. So we need to get on track with what God's word is saying to us. Verse 14 says, God's way of using the gift of healing is to notice prayer is very essential in the anointing in the name of Jesus just proves who is doing the healing. Amen. This, I think, is my third problem. This right here. Where's the rest of it? On my finger and on somebody's forehead, cheek, shoulder, hand, handkerchief. Somewhere, the rest of that oil went to pray for somebody. Not because I want the glory for the healing, because it ain't mine anyway. It's the proof where the healing comes from. Comes from Christ. Amen. That's why he wants us to go that way. He ultimately is the healer. So we need to make sure our prayer uh, includes the fact that he not only wants to heal, but when you do get healed, that you take time to praise him for the touch that he gave you. Amen. Don't praise the elders, don't praise the deacons, don't praise anybody that prays for you, or anybody that just happens to have no oil. They don't get the praise. Amen. I'll be able to keep track of how many people I've been willing to pray for. I'm just a vessel that can touch God's throne with prayer. If we'll confess our sins, or our faults, he calls them faults, I'll say it that way. Or if we'll forgive one another, because the effectual fervent prayer avails much. It gets a lot done. Amen? Alright, so then what we have here is an opportunity. We again, verse 15 teaches us the importance 
of faith in a healing process. Those are the one that prays and the one that needs to heal. In addition to the healing, it sets up an atmosphere of repentance. You have to humble yourself to come and say, I need prayer, you anoint me. That's not something you need to write about. That's not something you want to have a badge of honor for going through. It sets up the atmosphere for you to repent of anything that's wrong in your life. I don't know why God put whatever he puts on someone that needs prayer about. I don't know. I just wish they would get on track with God. We'll pray together. And let's walk forward I'm out of here and do great things for God. Amen. And I tell you what Jesus told several of the ones that he healed in Scripture. After he healed, go and sin no more. Amen. That's what he's putting in here. Confess your faults. Amen. Ask for forgiveness. And when you get the healing, go and sin no more. Amen. And uh, actually, in a couple of places, he told them, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Amen. If you got healed of cancer, what else could be worse? I don't know. God does. So make sure that you get your life in. in uh, touch with God, and the worst doesn't happen in your life. Sometimes the forgiveness of sin is the stress that you're carrying that makes you ill. Amen. I've seen people get sick over all the stress they worry about. Amen. If you're not feeling well, the worst thing you can do is worry. Stress out. Amen. I've watched people, and I have prayed or people that are sick. And in the meantime, in the back of my mind, I see how that sickness affected their family, husband, wife, whatever. You know what I pray? God, relieve even the stress on the family, whatever you can. Because yeah. if not, they're going to be in the next bed in the hospital right side. Stress has a way of beating you up pretty bad. Get beyond it and give God the glory. Amen? Verse 16 is pretty much explanatory in my way of thinking. It's confess, pray, and believe. You do that, healing's on its way. Amen. Amen. I believe this formula is good for your spirit just as much as it is for your body. If your spirit's out of whack, what do you want to do? Same thing. Confess, pray, and believe. Amen. If your spirit needs healing, go the same route. If your body needs healing, do it the same way. God will help you out either way and get you the strength and help you need in whatever situation you find yourself in. All we need to do, trust him for healing. The leper, the centurion, and thousands of others, if you would, in Jesus' day and time, didn't come to him because they doubted him. They came to him because they trusted him. They came to him because they'd seen the miracles that he'd done. If you got a track record of praying for great things and seeing them come to pass, guess what? Other people's going to ask you to pray for them. Amen. I worked on the job and everybody knew I was a pastor. Everybody on the job knew I was a preacher or a Christian, you know, however you want to say. 
And guess what? When their family was me a prayer, who they come to? They looked me up. They texted me. And you prayed for my wife. And you prayed for my children. And you prayed for me. Yes, I'll be glad. And I did. And when they got, and I told them, I will. But when they get better, make sure you give God the glory. Amen. I don't know whether they remember that or not. I don't know whether they did or not. I just want to make sure that I trusted God for the healing that he gave in every one of those situations. Amen. Now I hear people brag how much faith they have and how all their prayers are answered. I lost my keys and I prayed, oh Lord, where's my key? And it magically appeared on the kitchen table. <laughs> Oh, the dog ran off. And I prayed, and oh, he came right howling back home. Man, I'm so thankful God answers my prayer. Everyone, every little prayer, some of the people that have those testimonies that I've heard are some of the sickest people that I've been around. Huh. You would think if they had that much faith, and they want to brag on it, they'd be doing better than they are. Well, it ain't up to how much faith you got that you can pray. It's how much you trust God in everything He's doing in your life. Get on track with God. Confess your faults. Get up together. Confess, pray, and believe. Let God get the glory for it, and you'll stand strong and true for what God wants you to stand in. That'll be His perfect will in your life. Amen? Remember, Jesus never said it'd be easy, just for a Let us stand.